Great. Look at you with your cute little dungarees. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. I am beautiful. <laughs> no matter what they say. Uh. On. Hello, Miff Warhurst. Hello, Zanro. Nice to see you. We're sold out, baby. Finally, we're sold out. We're sold out. We only had one ticket to go last time. so. <laughs> but I love that. Bang on live, Sunday, October 21st at the Thornbury Theatre in Melbourne. Our first ever live podcast recording in Melbourne. Big shout-outs to everyone who has scooped up their tickets. At the time of record last week, we had a single ticket left and realised that the person who was going to be going along we'll was going to be alone. An- and Nigel, no friends. Mm. Uh, so we thought, let's shower that person, make them the king or queen of bang on. Yeah. Um, do lots of embarrassing things. Shower them with love. Yeah. And so we, we know who the person is. Pop them up on a pedestal. <laughs> on the, well, have a little chair, like a chair wrapped in tinsel. Side of stage, perhaps, for this special person. Because we want to make them feel really welcome. Um, they're they're <laughs> coming alone. And they're part of the bang fam. And they don't know yet that this is going to happen to them. No. Anyone who's bought a single ticket and listening right now is sweating, <laughs> sweating bullets. But everyone's part of the Bang Fam and even though you're alone, you're not because everyone exactly. is family. Exactly. We're all together and you're all royalty as well. That's right. You're all the you're kings and queens kings of Bang and queens. On. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a few weeks away. We're very excited. If you haven't, if you missed out on tickets or you can't be in Melbourne on that Sunday Arvo in October. Bad luck. <laughs> <Sozzles>. <laughs> it's too late. Um, you're too slow. But it is a recording. We do record it like we did our last Bang On Live in Sydney last year and yeah. you will be able to hear it right after we do it. So you'll be able to hear the stupidity of what happens on stage. Mm. It's very loose. And also DJ Trigger, let's not forget. Uh, Virginia, yeah, Trioli Virginia Trioli warming up the crowd. She sent me a text today. She's oh, yeah? super pumped. She sent me um, Michael Jackson, a Michael Jackson track. Just have a look at the video. She is so <laughs> pumped. I'm so excited that she's so pumped as well. Like this is the best thing ever. <laughs> it's going to be wild. I know. Hey, great reason for celebration as well this week. Finally. No. (laughs) I cannot believe this. I don't want to think of any better from Pearl Jam and periods together. I don't don't know. Look, we all hope for an even flow and even better, (laughs) a plug to help us not bleed all over the place when we have our periods, as more than 50% of the population of Australia does, but up until now has had to pay GST on tampons and pads. No more! The no two-decade two fight, Miffy, That's since right. the GST was introduced 20 years ago, almost. Because it was almost. a luxury, a luxury tax. That's what it was. Just like a, a yacht is a luxury, <laughs> like... I don't know. Some pads look like yachts. They're yeah, they do. Thick, well, you could sail away on some of them. They're so big. <laughs> um, remember those ones from primary school? Like they used to have the, the clip-ons, and they should, like when you were learning about sex. So and, walk bow-legged. They were so yeah, big. And they and I remember like Judy Bloom, the Judy Bloom book, yes, uh, Tiger Eyes, and Aga there got it's me, Margaret. That's yes, the one. Yes. And they talked about like these this pad situation where you clip it on like braces, and you'd Amazing. have to wear a belt. Like, did you? 
like what? Thank That's God. the stuff of nightmares. Thank it is God. The stuff of nightmares. By the time I came around to having a period, I came of age, became a woman that there was sticky things to stick onto your oh, undies. Absolutely. Thank God for science, but it took them a while. <laughs> Who wants to walk around wearing braces in your undies? <laughs> Just on the pad thing, and I, know, I didn't. I want to go too deep on this, but do you remember when they revolutionary introduced shvadnum? It was called shvadnum, and it was like I don't even know what that it is. It was a material so that the, the pads became from like these big, you know, thick like a wad oh. of tissues down to like the thin pads and it was I always loved that word shvadnam maybe that was just me yeah I think it was <laughs> anyway the tampon tax is dead was the shvadnam the stuff that soaked up the blue liquid because it's yeah. always blue it's always blue you don't want to actually point out that the reason that women you know provide life to the many men in the world is because they at one stage in their life get their periods and are able to hold babies in their bodies for nine months but sure we'll tax you yeah sorry i got really it's angry a luxury. There. <laughs> it's a luxury like my like a holiday european holiday that's I did. <laughs> when i was seeing the um reading the articles about this and you know it's it's great it's gone we don't have to ever think about it or fight about it again one of the wins after 20 years but i was looking at a quote that the then health minister said back when the gsd was introduced in 99 and he said as a bloke I'd like to have shaving cream exempt, but I'm not expecting it to be. Condoms prevent illness because, of course, condoms and lube mm. are GST-free, always have been. And then he said, I wasn't aware that menstruation was an illness. Oh, oh to, Way to really just grind against half the population, isn't uh, it? Why would you say that, yeah, mate? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure um, Viagra was also yeah. exempt from mm. the luxury tax as well. And, you know, that, that I think, I think it's, it says a lot about where we're at in our parliament, there are more women representing us now and something like this will go through and that's that's a significant change. Now, on a much more serious topic, Miffy, I don't know about you, but I've been glued to this story of... Yeah. Judge Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh, who is waiting or hoping to be confirmed as the next Supreme Court judge in the United States of America, and uh, Dr. Ford, who has come out and publicly spoken about an experience that she had when they were both teenagers in a summer house where she claims, alleges she was sexually assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh. And this has formed a part of not necessarily a trial, but what has become part of the job interview when they stand up in front of the Senate together and try to figure out whether this man, Brett Kavanaugh, is right to be, you know, sitting on the Supreme Court, which is, of course, the highest court in the land, a job that he'll have for years. We all know the story. But man, it just says this story and everything that's been rolling out says so much about not only American politics but about the huge divide in the States and what feels like a real, I don't know, I feel like there's been so many points where I say it feels like a tipping point for the population. But this yeah. feels like a big deal. It's been an extraordinary week and, and I think difficult for a lot of people, survivors of sexual assault, watching Dr Ford getting up to do this and, and being so, I'm so impressed by her ability to... to hold herself and and say all this stuff, knowing full well that she will get howled down. She won't be believed. She has already had to move her own family out of their home because she's been getting death threats for doing this. This is so much bigger than just a simple case. It's it's huge. And you're right, it's an absolute tipping point for for culture in America, but also probably wider, I would hope. Um, but it's still... 
oh, when I watch her, Dr. Ford standing up there and saying, giving her testimony, it, it, it breaks my heart because I know that it will be twisted however it can be twisted and mm. she's getting nothing out of this and it will create change but I'm not sure how much she'll have to suffer in order for that change to happen. So it's like watching a great thing happen in order to change society but at the same time watching someone who's so strong to be able to do that but knowing full well that this is going to probably damage her for the rest of her life. Yeah, that It's idea gutsy. That- yeah, and you make a really great point. Like, what is she? She's got everything to lose, and Judge Kavanaugh has everything to gain. This is mm. a sweet deal. And even in his response, you saw the very difference in the way that he stood up and defended himself. He was very angry, he's quite belligerent. Um, there was a great piece in The New Yorker about how it just represented that patriarchal entitlement. It's like, what, how dare you come in and try and take something away from me that I am entitled to? I went and to that, Yale, Dan. Oh, God, the way he's talking about it, it's like I've worked towards this my whole life. It's like, yeah, that doesn't mean you just you walk towards it and then you get the job. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. And you need to, if these accusations are coming up, then, yes, you have to be grilled about this. But I, there's a couple of things that have really struck me about this whole case and this conversation I don't think in many people's cases, I don't think it's necessarily about belief. I think that many people do believe that's what's happened, that he got handsy and he groped her and he pinned her down. I don't think that that's a question for many people, allegedly. Yeah. But I think it's about whether or not many people care. Mm. So you think about what the voting public and particularly the public that support President Trump and the Republicans and the conservative side of Mm. politics, what are they willing to let slide? When you think about the fact that in the race for the presidency, Donald Trump was literally caught on tape talking about grabbing women on the pussy and he still was fine. He didn't stop people voting. He was was mocking her in a speech yesterday. The arrogance is insane and the cruelty of that as well. Well, it, 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 it would remind any assault survivor again of that whole shame that, you know, to be mocked because of something that has happened to you that you didn't ask for, that's the worst part. That's one of the worst parts of it and and that brings on the shame and and Trump was just doing it blatantly and the crowd were cheering. It was a bit scary. But that's the whole point. That's why he was doing it because when he – when the leader of the free world is standing up and mocking someone so publicly and so blatantly and then people are cheering that mocking, that's intended to silence you. That's Mm -hmm. intended to silence Dr. Ford. It's intended to silence every other victim who has been, you know, the – who has been assaulted in any way to second guess before they go, oh, hang on a minute, I'm I'm not going to stand up because I can see what's happening and people aren't going to believe me. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to drag me over the coals, as Dr. Ford has done, Uh, and scare you into not doing it again. But you've got to keep doing it because people have been getting away with this. Harassers, abusers, assaulters have been getting away with this for eons. And it is changing. I know it's so hard in a week like this and in so many of these, you know, we talk about it all the time and you just mentioned it, Miffy, about that kind of that. That, that mincing against each other where it feels very uncomfortable, but that uncomfortability is because things are changing. It's when there's no when there's a when there's a complete shutdown and there's just silence and there's no reaction, that means things stay the same. The uncomfortability means that there's gonna be a shift and you've got to keep pushing. Yeah. Something else that struck me about all of these conversations and different people's reactions to it was 
just in some cases that very deeply ingrained entitlement that some men have to women's bodies. Yeah. You know, and that some something that some people will see as playful or fooling around or just having fun yeah. or a little bit drunk is seen as something very different to the other. And that feels very like it's going to take a generation to fix. And that's, a you know, one of the reasons why people get so overwhelmed by that is because it takes so long. That's about education and that's about speaking out to fix it, speaking out and saying, hang on a minute, this is not right. Mm. You know, this is why if people are saying why are people now coming up and talking about it, it's like because we've been shut down for so long. But P.S. this has been happening for ages Forever. and it's never been right. Yeah. It's never been right. I think what's really interesting and I, I, I like this, there was something being shared on Twitter, an opposite response, how he could have responded to these accusations mm. of sexual assault. And I look forward to a time in a world where, you know, if he is responsible for those actions, that you can acknowledge that. Yeah. And we're not, we're not there yet. No. We're not there yet. You can acknowledge that and acknowledge the wrong and learn from it, but we're not, we're not quite there yet. And that's what this says. We're still the kids we used to be. I don't know how to feel this week about my friend Kanye West. I've been a fan for such a long time and I've, I've stood stood by him as he's done some weird gear, let's be honest. Over the years there's been a lot of weird gear. Mm. Some really good weird gear, may I say, and very on point weird gear. But this week was the weirdest and I'm just not sure how to feel. He, um, I feel like you should give him that tip off. Instead of him calling his new album Yandi, it should be called Weird Gear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, it, he's been on some weird gear or something, I think. But it's so odd. He p- appeared on SNL on Saturday night and he uh, did a song dressed as a Perrier water bottle. Why not? With his mate dressed as a F- Fiji water bottle. <laughs> like what? Not entirely sure what's going on. I mean, that's kind of funny and fun. But then he's out and proud at the moment about his his support for Trump. And mm. he wore his Make America Great hat uh, after or in between filming, I'm not sure if it went to air or not because I haven't. It was on the, the last, the last, the last um, song that he did while yep. the credits rolled, and that's where he did his rant. Mm. And he was saying as well that the producers quote bullied him to try and take it off, but he didn't yeah. want to. So I, he was wearing it during the final song. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't mind his political persuasion. That is none of my business. Um, but I feel like he's trolling us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure to what end. Oh, I know what end. It's because remember the last time that we had this conversation about what the hell is he talking about, speaking about how slavery was a choice and that was all before his last record, yay. Mm. I reckon that he's taken a leaf out of the Kardashians book. It's about getting attention and he is the ultimate self-hype man. He's got a new record coming out and he's trying to get the same pre-album hype and attention as the last but this has real consequences, and I'm the same as you, Mif. I for his last record before Ye, there are a lot of problematic lyrics on that, and I'm a massive fan of Kanye. I think he's such a brilliant producer, and even when you see when he's making albums by Pusha T and Tayana Taylor, you can hear that like he is so talented. Mm. But lyrically, what he's spitting out these days, I find super hard to swallow. Yeah, um, and so he's been a bit on the nose for me. But that. 
he, when he's not making a clear argument and you see some of these interviews, it's like, I'm the same as you. If he is a believes in conservative side of politics or for whatever reason, and I think it's about identifying the megalomaniac in Trump that's in him as well, and that's why he's attracted to him, whatever his reason is for loving Trump, if he'd make a clear argument, I'd be all ears. But it's total nonsense and... I'm not here for it. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm so sick of it now. Yeah. There's, remember when I was telling you after that last outburst, there was that incredible piece, I think I banged on about it, uh, by the American writer Ta-Nehisi Coates yes. called I'm Not Black, I'm Kanye. That was in May and it's still up online. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it was in the Atlantic. It. If you haven't read it yet, again, I just tell everyone it'll take you 20 minutes and it is well worth it. It gives you a great sense of possibly the motivations. It's a very personal piece, but also public and political. And it's really worth reading again. But yeah, Yeezy, he's losing me. Yeah. Oh, that was just a, such a depressed sigh, wasn't it? Fashion. <laughs> Fashion. Um, big day in Paris for Fashion Week. Does Fashion Week ever end in Paris? I've I've wondered. It just happens all the time. I mean, every week's Fashion Week. It's Paris. It is fashion. Karl Lagerfeld's Chanel show, the latest, was pretty extraordinary. They took the fashion to the beach, or at least they took the beach to the fashion. Yeah. In that they filled a venue. Um, what was it? The Grand Palais or something in Paris, and they filled it with a hand-painted beach scene and then water and sea sand. So. It was kind of like that scene, like when in the Truman Show, Jim Carrey hits the end of the ocean and he just goes up against the blue painted wall. <laughs> That's what it looked like. But there was waves. There was gentle ocean waves lapping. There was sand. There was a blue sky, wooden docks, lifeguards, and most importantly, former Baywatch actor and Julian Assange's potential girlfriend, Pamela Anderson in the front row watching proceedings. That's great. Was she wearing the Baywatch red no, swimsuit? Sadly, no. Well, sadly, that, no. That would have made perfect <laughs> sense. Absolutely. I love this though, Miffy. You are just—I thought this looked really good. And you know what? I think that I've got. I a, thought it looked a bit shit. <laughs> I've got. I've like got the, a, the roof looked like the inside of a Las Vegas casino. If you've been to Las Vegas, I love you know what I mean. It. I know it's so tacky though, but it's like Chanel, mate. No, but like, you know, Carl, you know what, what are you doing? It's <laughs> you've got some. You, you're spending some coin here. It just looked a little bit like a set design for a school production. I love added I, water, but I love that kind of craptacular. Like, have you ever been to the Paddle Pop Beach in South Bank in Brisbane, where they love got like it? A fake, see, I, see, exactly. I love craptacular, but but it's Chanel. Step it up. <laughs> like it felt weird to me. What about the? Remember when we we're in Darwin and there's that wave wave lagoon, the fake wave, you know, the wave pool oh, right yes. opposite the convention center. Next Chanel show there, I reckon yeah. it'll go down a treat. <laughs> There was fake sand there too. There was. I'm all for I, it. Look, I think he's just been busy, Carl, with his cat. Uh, is it Chupette? Uh, Chupette, look up Chupette. I think Chupette's got her own Instagram account. The most ridiculous. I think of she might. You know she that. might have passed away though, so it could be. This could be a little bit dark and bleak. I'm sorry if I've taken taken you to Grimtown if that's the case. But she's great, and I think he's probably spending too much time on the cat and not enough time on the cat walk. You know what? It's a double fashion update this week. Oh. But as we gear up for Bang On Live mm-hmm. at the Thornbury Theatre in Melbourne, October 21st, sold out. Yeah. Everyone who's got tickets, and I know that Melbourne will turn up for this, we want to do a fashion parade. Mm. And as we've learned over 
more than two years of doing Bang On now. You love getting amongst it. So, so we want you to share your fashion with us. But also the cornerstone of every great advance in fashion oh, yes. is, de- is denim. Oh. Den- denim is where, I mean, this is where all the greatest fashion moments have happened. Denim is the coalface of fashion. <laughs> And denim the is also jeans. denim. Denim is also the canary of fashion. It's the first to die when <laughs> it comes out on the catwalk when it's cooked. And there's been an awful lot of cooked denim fashion, and that's in, what we want to in see this last year. It's been amazing. So, so make your own denim, or maybe you own some of these denim fashion pieces. We've had the scaffolding denim, haven't we? Yeah, we've had the jort. No, the was it the no the jort was the calots and shorts. What was that? Oh, I can't remember. There was the amazing shoes that J Lo was wearing, which were denim mm. jeans as like over the knee boots, Great. which we were both buying. Yeah, would definitely an investment. Would wear. Someone te- uh, tw- texted me in this week. Um, back to front jeans, crisscross style. They're oh. making a comeback. So That's the bum on the front, so feel yeah. Free to do that. I mean, you don't have to wear these. Your denim no, you have fashion. to wear them. You have to wear them. No, you don't have to wear them to the event. You can get changed, and if you tell us, then you can get involved. We'll get you changed out the back, and okay. then you can share your fashion. All right, with us, fashion parade at Bang On Live. We want you to bring your most wonderful, hideous, strangest denim that you own, mm. um, and fashion it in whatever way you like. Oh, I love it. And we're going to have a parade on stage at Bang On Live in Melbourne. And there will be prizes. Mm. Really, 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 really good prizes. Really good prizes. Like <laughs> a proper pair of denim jeans, just plain and simple denim. <laughs> At last Bang On Live, we gave someone a trophy made out of a potato peeler. So yeah, the prizes cool. are going to be excellent for yes. Bang On Live in yes. Melbourne. So start planning your fashion if you're heading on to Bang On Live. We would love to see you up there on parade. Love you. Zan, what are you banging on about? Miffy, I'm banging on about a great film which is coming out next Thursday, so October the 11th, called First Man. Have you heard about this? No. You know Damien Chazelle who did La La Land and also Whiplash? Mm-hmm. The director of that is... Loved one, hated the other. La La Land you hated? Hated it. <laughs> makes, my, makes my skin crawl. Ooh. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if you're going to like this film or not. It's very different. It is not a musical. <laughs> um, but it is. That was horrible. <laughs> oh, I love Make- musicals, but that wasn't. I couldn't. Sorry. I know I'm, I'm on, probably on an island here. but Ooh. You know what? That's funny. Looking at the history of what he's made, Whiplash into La La Land into this, they're all very different films. Mm. And First Man is a biographical drama based basically on Neil Armstrong. So literally the first man who went to the moon. But you know how space films are often really big in scope? They're all, always like big Hollywood films. Yeah. They've got, you know, massive. Special in, effects, great Special sets. effects. Yeah, pictures of, you know, spaceships and all kinds of stuff. It's just everything, you know, you're dealing with the universe, so everything feels big. This is a film. And that sound. <laughs> yes, that. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned sound because. The, <laughs> space films, that's all you need. <laughs> You've seen it. Have I? All right. No, that, thanks. No. Thanks for that. Great, great, right. great show. Um, the I'm glad that you mentioned the sound because the the sound and the tangibility and the claustrophobia of 
space travel or what I imagine it would be is what this film is about. So there's very few big, broad shots of the spaceship or the outside of space, you know, or the inside of space, whatever you call it. But it's very much about, you know, the lead up into going into space, the shaking and the the metal rattling and, you know, almost handheld camera, the intensity of being in this, you know, this vessel that feels like it could fall apart at any moment and you're doing it all for the first time and you're heading into a place that you've never been and you've never landed for the first time. So it's incredibly visceral and very first person. Mm. And then on the other side of it, you've got Ryan Gosling plays Neil Armstrong. The Goz. The Goz, the Goz, little Goz. How's Gosling. his acting? Is it same as every other movie he's done? He remains a bruised <laughs> and emotionally distant man. I'm starting to realise. slightly apart. Exactly. Oh, just he high. plays Ryan Gosling once again. But Claire Foy, who is the wonderful oh, actor, the plays the Queen in The Crown. She plays his wife. And the other big part of this is that it's very much about the people that they leave behind. And it kind of calls into question it's a very different film to these other space films which are about the great American pursuit of the space race and heroism and all of that and very male-dominated areas. And the other side of this film is very much, you know, and it's a very different film to other ones that have come before it in that it talks about the people that are left behind, the wives and the families who are there and kind of going, hang on a minute, why are you doing this? Mm. People are dying in these test runs they're doing. We're in the middle of the Vietnam War. There's people who have got, you know, there's great... uh, disparities in wealth and, and and poverty in America and yet billions of dollars is being spent to basically get there first. It's not mm. saving lives. It's not really a noble pursuit. It's just winning this space race against Russia. And I think that it really dives into those questions okay. and the relationship between Neil Armstrong and his wife is incredible. So it's r- really a very different space film and viscerally intense. I really loved it. It's like ASMR. A really shit ASMR. <laughs> First man, it's good. What are you banging on about? Um, I am banging on about a documentary that the wonderful Mark Fennell has had a hand in for his show The Feed on SBS. And he went to Japan, I think, to do a story on something else and also wanted to investigate young single people in Japan aren't having sex. And the reasons behind it is proving almost fatal for some. Yeah, it's a really dark portrait of what's going on at the moment in Japan. And it's certainly not done from a cliched perspective either. You know, oh, Japan, isn't it wacky? And this is happening. And it's it's nothing like that. It's, it's a really sensitively drawn portrait of a lot of the struggles that Japan is facing and a lot of the young people, not just young, in their 30s as well, because of... Um, the aging population, there's a lot of virgins till, uh, and virgins that may never have sex at all. Um, dating is difficult. Um, uh, hang on. And the work culture that feeds into all of this and is creating these quite horrible situations for people whereby they feel like they can't escape and there's, there's no way out. And oh, it's just really eye opening and really sad and quite grim but really worth watching. And I just think Mark is such a talented documentary maker and a great interviewer as well. Mm, he yeah. really cuts to the core immediately with people and I, I don't know what kind of magic dust he weaves, but it's there and it's just – he connects and it's really simple, but I don't know how he does it. And it, I think he's got like a curiosity and an empathy in everything that he does. Yeah. He, you know, he wants to – like 
he it's like that great thing of a great interviewer. It's he's asking questions that he actually wants to know the answer to. Yeah. He wants to get to the bottom of it himself. He's not just making a story for someone else to be entertained. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, I just think it's it's twenty minutes of your life. Or is it half an hour? I can't remember you saying it. It's half an hour of your life, but it's just really beautifully put together. And very, very sad as well, but but, but as I said, beautifully done. SBS on demand? Yeah, I think so. I should I think know I saw that. It on, I think I saw it on pop on on Facebook as well. Yeah, so I think it's following on the, the feed on Facebook. It's on the feed too. website as well. Yeah. so you'll be able to find it. It's online. Awesome. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very keen. Big fan of Mark Fennell as well. Miffy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. On. The end bit actually does sound like nang, 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 Double J.